we are suffering from what some on the internet may call smooth brain. So in the interest of taking some time to reflect on the past year, we are releasing a remixed episode of one of our favorite topics, which is nature. And it features some new sounds and commentary from B, Allison, and myself on one of our last adventures prior to the COVID shutdown. In early spring of 2020, we ventured to the wilds of Lake Paranagat, just north of town near Alamo, and we camped on what quite possibly was the coldest night ever in the history, at least for us. And so we are now going to share some of that with you. Welcome to Wild and Free, a Battleborn podcast with smooth brains and a nature break. Battleborn Podcast. My name is Allison Yanez, and today I am joined by my co-host, co-wrangler Jacob Murdoch, and our special guest, Berta Gutierrez. Hi, B. Hello. Uh, thank you for joining us today. Uh, today we're joined by Berta. We decided to have her on because we want to do an episode about nature, uh, nature overall in the United States, and talk about nature here in Nevada. So we've all been uh, residents of Nevada for a long time, and we both have diff- we all have different experiences with nature. Um, some of us are relatively new to this, so I wanted to have on the experts and kind of ask you guys about your expertise. So um, let me start by asking you guys, what was your first outdoor experience? First question for mm-hmm. you, Allison. Yeah. Is this nature? <laughs> Currently, no. Okay, is that, just checking. Is that what you were, you had the giggles yes. just now? <laughs> he was struggling. We'll tell that story a little down the line. Yeah. I'm going to start because he can't control himself. No. Yeah. <laughs> so actually, my first, um, the first that, the first that I remember of like connecting to nature was back in El Salvador, where I'm from. Um, with my family, we used to go to the beach and to the, um, Botanical Gardens. Sorry, mm-hmm. I was having an ESL moment. I'm like, ¿Cómo se llama? ¿Cómo se llama? It's okay. Uh, the Botanical Gardens, which in El Salvador, in San Salvador, they're in the middle of the jungle. Right. So um, I always had a special connection with nature. Um, but when I moved here to Nevada, one of the first places, one of the, the first hike was at First Creek in Red Rock Canyon area. And I was like, how is this the desert? It was just so mind-blowing how um, there was water, there were trees. That, like, and in, in the, I think it was like an hour hike, we went from being in the middle of like dry desert to seeing, what are they water. called? Water, creeks. Water. No, I'm thinking oh, about the, the little animal. The crawfish. crawfish. Yeah, we saw the crawfish. Which yeah. are not native. They're invasive species. They're invasive, yeah. but you see them out there in the desert, and you're like, how are you surviving, bro? That's true. Right. Yeah. yeah. They're not. Well, they are, though. They are. They yeah. are surviving. Are they? Okay, good for them. <laughs> they should come down to Las Vegas, and we'll make some um, crawfish etouffee with them. 
they're not that big. That's so fancy. Maybe, I don't know yeah. what that means. Okay. <laughs> and how about you, Jacob? So for me, um, I mean, growing up in Colorado, the outdoors was always like a part of my life. But I think I first, my first experiences were were as a, as Allison likes me to put it, hunting and fishing. So <laughs> my dad, my dad was and still is a hunter, um, and uh, he also grew up fishing. So we would go out. Um, so from an early age, I would go out with him hunting, um, usually birds, uh, and I was never very good at it, but that was a lot of the time. So sometimes, you know, depending on the, what we were hunting, we'd go out for walks, like walking while, while hunting. So essentially hiking while hunting. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also, um, you know, early on we started going as a kid, we started going to the Rocky Mountain National Park, um, and which is amazing. If you haven't been there, it's my favorite of the national parks probably because I grew up with it. Um, but so we'd go there a lot. I mean, I started going there when I was four. Did you um, ski? No. No. Oh, no. Uh-uh. Just no. you're hiking? Yeah, hiking, walking around, looking at the history. Um, Rocky Mountain National Park is really big, and there, but there are a lot of hikes, um, a lot of history, uh, particularly about like settlers who, who lived there and then the Native American tribes who lived in the area as well. to what uh, Berta was saying about the botanical gardens in the in the jungle so for our listeners you all know that um, as of very recently I got into nature I was very much a city dweller but because of all the people present um, I got into doing outdoors things and camping and everything and that kind of set the tone for some of my trips last year last year I went to Chiapas which is um, a state in southern Mexico it's on the border with Guatemala and it is just the jungle but on steroids it's like Mm. insane there's just shrubs and trees and bushes and flowers just growing upon each other and they're choking each other and you you need a machete to get through it and i just right yeah you really do i feel like a machete is like one of the things that you have to have in life and and you think you think it's an exaggeration but you really do need it because it's just a wall of vegetation to get through it but i just remember going hiking and actually a mayan gentleman gentleman took us through the forest and we were eating termites and he was telling us about Mm -hmm. like the medicinal properties of the vegetation and everything and i just wanted to i just wanted to cry it was just so so moving you also encounter some yelling monkeys I did. Yes. Supposedly they were. Scary. What did I? What type of monkeys did I tell you they were? Capuchinos. Capuchinos, which are really, really small monkeys, but the noises. Coffee? Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Just yeah. kidding. More of a cafe au lait kind of guy. <laughs> um, yeah, they're these little monkeys, but they make these noises. They make. They emit these noises that sound like it's a, an orangutan, like just going to town on his brother. It's crazy. We have monos capuchinos <laughs> in El Salvador. And I have never heard the sound that you, the sound that you mentioned. That that was crazy. Yeah. I was like, no, that was like a like a possessed monkey. It was, and it was really insane because we were actually at the we were in um, Yashchilan, <clears throat> which is an old Maya uh, ruin. So there's a bunch of pyramids, and it's the jungle, and you have the monkeys. So it has like this surreal, just kind of like paranormal vibe to it. Anyway, that's it was awesome. it was really cool. But like that's a trip that two years ago I would not have uh, contemplated. So uh, I thank you guys for that. No, you are <laughs> welcome. You wouldn't have liked encountering the burrows in. Red Rock, two years ago. So, we almost died last night. Yeah, that was fun. Where are we? It was not fun. I was I was so regretful. We are at Upper Lake Paranagan, in the, in, in, 
the refuge. I don't even know the names because my brain is frozen. We're in Lincoln County, though. Lincoln County, Nevada. Near Alamo. Near Alamo. On the way to Caliente. Mm -hmm. I wish yeah. we were Caliente. Yeah, we but are it's, helado. It's <laughs> this is a wildlife refuge, actually, and um, we came here a couple years ago at this time as well. Right. And we were able to witness birds that were on their migratory path, right, right? down like, wherever bald they eagle. were going. Bald yeah, eagles. bald eagles. Yeah. So we decided to relive that uh, mm -hmm. in kind of like a wild and free camping trip. Unfortunately, Sebastian was sick, so uh, two, three of the members of our team could not come. Well, four, because Raven also didn't come. Yeah. Uh, so we were like, yeah, we're still going to go camping mm -hmm. in January. Because we need a nature, you know, we've been all stressed out with the, our jobs. And so we were like, let's do this. This is a long weekend because we have Martin Luther King Day on Monday. Let's right. do it. And then we came and we had fun. But then... We had a really great dinner. Yes. Super good dinner. Some lovely hamburgers and some <clears throat> s'mores. We hung around the fireplace. It's not called the fireplace. What's it called? Fire pit. Fire pit. <clears throat> yeah. Well, and this is on Allison's bucket list. Mm -hmm. Her like, yeah, knew, her like, she, yeah, yeah, camping something. in nature, right? And right. nature almost killed me. So, uh, last night it was like thirty degrees. It may have been colder. I don't I, even know. I think so. it, it was like it was thirty degrees. But you know how they have like feels like. Yeah. So, in my opinion, the feels like was like zero. <laughs> I I agree with that. I agree. We did determine neither of us, none of us, are meteorologists, but still, it was, <laughs> it was cold. I have never. Camp when camping, I have never slept with my my sleeping bag fully zipped up, and I did last night. I actually have never slept with all of my clothes, even my puffy. Mm -hmm. I was so zipped up, and I was still freezing. Yeah, me too. I mean, we had heat pads in our sleeping bags. I slept with gloves on, a hat. It was ridiculous. So, Allison and I were in the same tent, mm -hmm. and. I don't know if I was like, because I was really, really tired last night. I I worked in the morning, and then I was I was so tired, and that. But it was so cold, and I don't know if I was hallucinating or if we actually had this conversation. But I remember you saying that when you die from hypothermia, oh, yeah. you get hot, and that's why so many people that are found like. Well, you feel like your body is getting hot. Okay, so so we did have this we conversation. Did, yes, Here's yeah. the thing. So, guys, we had a couple of, like, toe warmers inside of our sleeping bags. And the thing, so they activate. They have an adhesive side. So they activate when you, like, remove that little cover. And then you, you have to stick it somewhere. So I stuck it inside my sleeping bag. But at some point, during me moving around, mm -hmm. it, fell. It, it, like, stuck to me. Oh, no. So... It was like on my leg, but the thing is that I felt like something was burning, and I was like, "I am dying from hypothermia. It's <laughs> starting to happen. No, starting to happen." I was like, "Oh my god, I'm starting to feel hot because I feel like I need to remove my clothes," and I'm like, "I'm gonna die tonight." And I went so when I felt that, I started to say, "Allison, Allison." Uh, this was like 11.45. It wasn't oh even like midnight. God. I was like, Allison, Allison. And Allison wouldn't move. And I'm like, she died already. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, where did she leave her car keys? So uh, what what kind of, what places do you guys like to go to here in Nevada? 
Okay, so I um, love Red Rock, especially because it's so close to Las Vegas where I live. Um, and there's several places where you can go for just a quick hike, which hiking is just like walking outside mm-hmm. in nature. Right. Um, it's an American term. In Mexico, we walk in nature. I know. I didn't mm-hmm. learn that. Like, I didn't. I don't think there's a, a term for hiking. There isn't. It's just in walking Spanish. in nature. It's just walking in nature. Yeah. <laughs> it's dramatic walking because she's like oh, huffing and puffing. Yeah. But because um, you're out of shape. Yes. Not you, like I was people. Like, Wait, no. <laughs> so just outside of the loop at Red Rock, if you don't want to do the whole thirteen mile scenic loop, you can go to First Creek or you can go to um, New Oak Creek. Those mm-hmm. are two that are just passing the 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 loop before you get to Spring Mountain Ranch, mm-hmm. and you can totally see there's um, a little bit of a parking lot on each of them where you can just start the hike, and it's just. Going in one hour and then coming back out. Mm-hmm. Um, but Red Rock is really special, and I also love Valley of Fire. That's, I think that's when I have more time, I love making a day of going to Valley of Fire. How far is that? It's about an hour. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you go up on the 15, Yes. and then you exit on... Um, it's, Exit 75 is where the one gas station, the first yeah, gas the, station. The Moapa gas station, right? Yes. yes the Moapa um, gas station. You exit there and you just follow that little road for about 15 minutes and then you just get to the park. Like that leads you to the entrance. And you can also get through it to it uh, through Lake Mead. Okay. So it has two different entrances. Can you describe the, ge- the geography of the area? What does it look like, the landscape? Mars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it yeah. looks like another planet. Um, actually, the first time I went, that's one of the things that just took my breath away. You go in and you are in between this, like, you know, the desert, mountains and everything. And you go into this valley and all of a sudden you're surrounded by red rock. And you're like, What? Where am I? Um, the first time I went was actually in the spring um, of a couple of years ago, but everything was blooming, and I didn't know that there were flowers out in the desert. Yeah, I'm like, what are flowers. all these beautiful flowers? Um, it was so much color, so I loved it. Actually, that first time, it had just rained, and you know how in the desert, like, a rainstorm is like 10 minutes and then it's done. <laughs> it's like super heavy and then it's done. Well, I didn't know that when I went. So I went into the visitor center <laughs> and I asked one of the rangers, I was like, okay, so since it's raining, like what can, where should I go? Where, where is it safe, you know, on a rainy day? And she was like, oh, no, it's okay. You'll be fine. You can go anywhere because it's going to be gone in five minutes. <laughs> and sure enough, by the time I get out of the visitor center, it was clear. But because it had rain, the colors of the rock of the sandstone were so vivid. So I was tripping that whole day. <laughs> it was beautiful. So Jacob, how about you? Uh, where do you like to go in Nevada? So other than Red Rock and and Valley of Fire, which of course are amazing, um, and I would say Valley of Fire is probably my favorite place as well, Um, but I really like Spring Mountain Ranch, which is right outside of Red Rock. It's still actually, it's a state park, 
but it's a part of uh, the Red Rock Conservation Area. It's just managed by the state. Mm-hmm. Um, I like it because there's a combination of history, particularly like the history of Nevada. Um, you get to learn about the ranch and ranchers that lived out there and kind of what homesteads would have looked like, you know, um, less than 100 years ago. But, well, actually right around, probably right around 100 years ago. Um, but then also the hikes there are really pretty. Um, you get a different view of a different canyon than you would at Red Rock. Um and so it's it's also a little bit more accessible. That was actually one of the first places I went to when I moved to Las Vegas um, almost 13 years ago. That was one of the first. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would say probably my my other favorite place, again, going a little bit outside of town, is Paranagat, which is a, um, a wildlife refuge. And so that is uh, also you take the 15 and then get off on... I think it's 93 north like you're going to idaho um so you're going towards alamo and it's right 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 before alamo um and it's a beautiful like it's a wildlife refuge it's a where bird migration comes through um it's absolutely gorgeous looks like you're a million miles away from las vegas because it's like rolling hills and water and all this wildlife um and we of course have all been out there a couple times we have have actually camped out there and during it was actually right around this time uh Mm -hmm. where we last year we saw some bald eagles too which was awesome yeah that was that was that was magic that was really awesome (laughs) i had never witnessed that thing before it was magic that was the most free any of us have ever been Was when we saw those bo- that bald eagle, yes, <laughs> yeah, and that's and again that place is is super cool too because you can camp, you can go spend the day out there. There's picnic tables, um, and it's you know easy to walk around. There isn't anything too intense there. I mean, there's a beautiful walk around the lake, which is what we did when we saw the bald eagles, um, and it was very 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 nice to be out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it does feel like you're a world away from from Las Vegas. That's the beauty about Las Vegas that you can just go. I'll say 30 minutes on any direction, and you're in a completely different world. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And we didn't mention Mount Charleston either, which is like, which is a, a mountain island um, uh-huh. where it's like a totally different, you know, you're, it's like you're in the Alpine mountains of, you know, Colorado or Utah, and it's totally different. And of course, it's 45 minutes away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So speaking yeah. of harnesses and bikes, what type of gear do people need um, when they're going out to the desert? You need some shoes. They definitely don't go in chanclas. You what are, need some what are clothes. Chanclas for non-Spanish speaking. Chanclas. Are, chan- I feel like chanclas should be a universal word. They, you cannot. You should not be out with open toes like out there. Mm-hmm. So flip flops and things like that. You shouldn't or sandals. Well, spe- uh, open toe things. What kind of uh, animals are uh, am I going to encounter? Insects. Like scorpions, tarantulas, uh, snakes. Is it dangerous I mean, hi- out there? Hypothetically, you could. I mean, I've been in Southern Nevada for 13 years, and I've hiked every single one of those years. I've encountered a snake one time, and that was in Death Valley. <laughs> so it wasn't even in Nevada. I have never yeah. seen a snake, but I have heard horror stories. So yeah, um, yeah. So there's there's all kinds of things. I feel like the what you're protecting your feet from is not animals it's just right. a prickly desert like okay. you don't want yeah. to harm yourself so close those shoes definitely um you can have hiking shoes if you're gonna do a really a really hard um hike where you go and there's a lot of change in elevation and there's a lot of gravel but if you're just going for a walk um tennis shoes are fine mm-hmm. right and pretty much every all the trails we've talked about and places i mean you can you can do particularly the, the hikes you mentioned at Red Rock, B, you can do with 
tennis shoes. Absolutely. Um, Lake Paranagate, you can do tennis shoes. Most of uh, Valley of Fire is totally fine with tennis shoes. I think there's maybe one or two hikes. There's some loose sand there, so it can be a little bit trickier, but I mean... A Valley of Fire is actually very accessible because you can drive to every single hike. Mm -hmm. They're very short hikes. They're sandy, um, so that's what makes them hard, I guess. But but no, it's very accessible. It's one of the most accessible places around here. Especially like the petroglyph trails, which everyone needs to go to. If you've never been to the petroglyphs or Valley of Fire, it's super accessible. I mean, it's... And you get to see some incredible, amazing petroglyphs, which are Native American drawings for those that are not familiar with petroglyphs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You should definitely also take plenty of water Mm -hmm. when you're hiking in the desert. Even when it's um, the winter and you feel like you don't need that much water, you should always have enough water. Um, And sunscreen. Oh, yeah. Especially for people like me who are... Very pale. Fair skinned, yes. Yes. I don't tan, ever. You I burn. burn. <laughs> and I always, you know, I, I tell people um, when they're going out, particularly if they're not experienced going out for the water issue, if you think you have enough water, bring more than mm-hmm. what, if you think you have plenty, bring additional water. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think, I can't remember the exact equation, but I mean, if you're going to be out, particularly like really anytime, you should probably bring at least like 64 ounces of water mm-hmm. when you're out for two hours. I would say that that's, I mean, that's probably more than you'll need, but you should definitely bring it. Sure. Well, and sometimes you will may encounter someone who didn't bring the right supplies, which I know B has a couple stories yes. on like when what happens when you encounter someone who wasn't quite prepared. Um, so you also want to be more prepared because maybe you'll run into somebody that that needs help. So here's the thing. It, it, if you drive out there, you can have a good, you know, thirty one of those thirty six ounces, or I have a big one, a forty eight ounce water bottle, and that's what I take with me. But I always have extra water in the car, mm-hmm. so that I know that if some if I encounter somebody that didn't bring water, like this one time that I found a fool that was running the trails at Red Rock and he didn't have any water, yeah, and I was like, what the heck are you doing, bro? You're Running in the desert. It was hot, too. It was, like, September, and it was in the middle of the afternoon, and he was like, do you have do you have any water or food? And I was like, what's wrong with you, man? <laughs> so I gave, him all, I gave him all my water, and I actually had a little bit of a first aid kit with me, and I had electrolytes, mm-hmm. so, like, powder Gatorade, basically. Mm-hmm. And I gave him that, and then I drove him to his car. Hashtag always be safe. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so so Ashley double checked for us. So it's actually one liter for every two hours you're out. So you, that's okay. probably that's the minimum. Yeah. You'd want to do more than that, but that's that's mm-hmm. definitely the minimum. What, what's a liter in ounces? Crickets. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> well so. and to that end, like you don't even have to go out into nature to underestimate you know, your water consumption Not levels. Here. I've yeah. I've been to the wetlands park, which is actually, it's kind of swampy in there. Right. And it's like five kilometers to walk around it. And I once went and it was like early in the morning. And I remember walking around and I didn't have water with me. And I was like, no, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. And I almost like fainted while I was in the oh, park. Geez. It's very dangerous. So a liter is about 34 ounces. So a 34 ounce yeah. water bottle. So mm-hmm. for every two hours. Okay. Um, so yeah, so you definitely definitely want to want to be prepared with that. Okay. Um, another thing I think it's really important, particularly, I mean, most likely if you're a novice, well, if you're a novice, don't hike in the summer here unless you're at Mount Charleston, and then you have to prepare for more water because you're at a much higher elevation. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so like summers, 
Mount Charleston is really the only place you want to be outside for an extended period of time. Um, but then every other time of year, because of Nevada, you want to wear layers. Mm-hmm. So like you don't just want to wear like a t-shirt or a, have one jacket with you. Because as we know, I mean, even just in the city, the weather can change immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you got to plan ahead, particularly if it's the winter, make sure you have probably, you know, two or three layers of clothes because you can always take them off or add them on as you yes. need to. Yeah. Um, which I mean, we and we've all got them. I mean, it's a sweatshirt, it's a you know, windbreaker or whatever. Um, you know, and we're like for first for newbies, you don't need to like take a parka or anything because it's not going to get that cold mm-hmm. where you go. Um, unless you go to Mount Charleston during mm-hmm. the winter. And snacks. Yeah. Super oh, important. definitely. Snacks are, yeah. snacks are huge. Stuff, particularly, I mean, electrolytes. I always bring in like an electrolyte drink if I'm going to go for a longer period of time, but mm-hmm. definitely snacks. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Not salty. Yeah, not, not salty. And also, oh, most, thank you. most I of the time too. I wouldn't think that. I always bring like peanuts actually. Um, you know, <laughs> things point. that, that yeah. people forget. Um, if you're new, don't be drinking alcohol and don't be drinking coffee while you're hiking because it dehydrates you oh coffee because coffee's a diuretic so it makes you want to pee and then alcohol same but alcohol also depletes your system of a lot of like the electrolytes so you don't you don't want to do that all right yeah you want to be in optimal condition right well i mean you just want to be safe and i mean like there's plenty of time to go drinking afterwards you know um, and then too, like you're carrying a bunch of really heavy things into the wild that you're then going to have to carry out. Please mm-hmm. carry them yes. out. Yes. What's that hashtag? Leave no trace. Leave no trace. I always take, when I go hiking, I take a little uh, bag with me to be, bring out trash. Because mm-hmm. I, you know, it's it's good if you encounter some things, just like bring it out. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. And if you have pets, please, please pick up after your pet. Mm-hmm. Dog poop may seem like it's natural, but it's not in the desert, and it can affect the ecosystem. And I'm not yes. having... Hold this. Mm-hmm. This is your job. Okay. Thank you. We're gonna talk. Okay. <laughs> so. I mean, all of us. But... Yeah. Ooh, adventure. Stairway to heaven. Or it's going down, so it's going to hell. Yeah. Yeah. So you know that thing culture is about. It's about making That's new. people mm-hmm. yeah, it trying is. to work more. Not think and not question Correct. the fact that it's, 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 a new, it's your responsibility and mm-hmm. not the responsibility of the collective. Yeah, it's a failing uh, on your side. It's a right. personal thing. Yeah. But, so, but while that exists, while that is so ingrained even of the most, the most progressive people in this country, no, no wonder socialized medicine and education... Yeah. Like... If, if that re- if that pre- thinking prevails, it makes that's per- why that's why some people question the validity of those programs, right? right. Cause yes, because they, they think no, it should be on yourself. And so, and, but if that's, that's part the of case, the then we're never we're. How are we going to but elect a really progressive people if it's so fucking ingrained in the culture, dude? It's because we need to like keep asking questions. Yes, yeah. you know yes. the fact the fact that this is ingrained on us is is just to benefit the the rich basically right yeah no it's totally to benefit the rich and of course they don't want people accessing benefits yeah because they and they want people to like you know try to work because then the employers have to pay into those benefits yeah just that's like, the thing they don't want to just like twitter that one time had those share your abortion story i think people should be sharing good, their good, good tips do you guys have uh, any like weird hacks that you that you use when you go out 
So, because my mom is always telling me to go, not not go hiking alone, but I still do it. I um <laughs> one of my layers is a really bright pink jacket. And I'm like, if I get lost out here, I'm going to put this on and somebody's going to be able to find me, right? Like from right. a helicopter. Yes. Um, and with that in mind, you always want to let somebody know where you're going, mm-hmm. um, what time you're going, especially like plan ahead. Like let them know when you're leaving your house because sometimes you don't have reception, so right. reception out there. Um, and it's good to let your most dramatic friend know. <laughs> Because that way, if you don't text them in like two hours, they're going to be like, this fool is dead. Right. It's dead. Let me call somebody. Um, yes. So it's always That's a good, good point. to have somebody uh-huh. checking on you. My mom always told me to bring a whistle. Oh, a whistle? A whistle. So Ashley's mom says, bring a whistle. Okay. Which is what would also be, that is important. Yeah. Um, you but know. It, and I think, I think these, the bright, the bright colors is like a big deal. And I, the last time I went hiking by myself, sorry, mom, um, I realized as I was like out hiking, Everything that I was wearing, like brown pants oh. and a green sweater. So you blend right oh, in. Oh, yeah, I was camouflage. fucking camoed as all <laughs> hell. I was like, if I like break my ankle or something, and no one was out. Mm-hmm. So I was like, if I break my ankle, like no one's ever going to see me because, I mean, my backpack fortunately is bright orange. So like someone could see that, but like I was dressed like the desert. <laughs> and I didn't even think about it until I was already out there. Can I yeah. ask, do you guys carry a first aid kit with you? I do. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually started carrying it because of my work because we, I had to put together first aid kits and I had to take mm-hmm. a first aid certification class for them. Um, so I was like, what am I doing going down the desert with like nothing? So I have a <laughs> very small first aid kit that actually comes with a whistle. Um, you can get some for very cheap or just make your own. You can put it on a little Ziploc bag. Put a, um, a few band-aids. Um, mm-hmm. You want to put some kind of um, alcohol. They sell those alcohol uh, w- wipes. wipes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a couple of pills, like a pain reliever, um, right. an, an allergic, something for Benadryl, allergies. Benadryl, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And um, a little bit of, ¿cómo se llama? The thing that I always use. Neosporin. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh-huh. I have some Neosporin and I have vaporoo. Vaporoo. That's how you say it, Vaporoo. Sorry. Um, and then what was the other thing that I wanted to say? Well, the electrolytes right. go in there. So it's really easy. You know, you can just put something together where, mm-hmm. that makes you feel a little safe. Mm-hmm. And you can get most of that stuff at the dollars. Like you don't it doesn't need to be ex- expensive stuff. Exactly. Because you can um go to the dollar store and even get a little container, like a little you know, closable container that you can put the, all that stuff in and put it in your bag. Okay. Um, you should probably even have it in your car anyway. Yeah. yeah. Something that's actually um, helpful that is on my first aid kit is um, a pair of tweezers. Oh, yeah. if you oh. have something prickly on you, you can just pull it out. Okay. Right. Well, and speaking of preparedness, so if someone is new to Las Vegas, to Southern Nevada, they want to get out there, what resources exist to see maps and to get a get an idea of the lay of the land? There's plenty of maps that you can get at any visitor center mm-hmm. um, or um, online. There's actually, I brought one of these, you know, because... <laughs> This is very visual, right? So uh-huh. I brought one of these to show people. Um, <laughs> it's called Neon to Nature, and it's all the Southern Nevada uh, trails. Mm-hmm. And that includes all the urban trails that you can go around in the valley um, in the parks. But there's also, like, that's also an app. 
where right. if you just want to get a walk um, and you are somewhere around the city and you don't know what parks are near you, you can just pull it up, it reads your location, and it tells you, oh, there's this park and it has a trail right around it and it's a mile long. Mm-hmm. Or it tells you, oh, you're really close to this trail entrance. Um, so it's really cool. It's called Neon to Nature. Mm-hmm. And it's a map form or um, an app. Okay. And are there any resor- like any resources that the city offers or any nonprofits in terms of like classes, like first aid or how to hike or how to tie a knot or what have you? You know, um, actually, I don't know, the hashtag ad. <laughs> Maybe mm. they want to sponsor us in the future, but REI, mm-hmm. the local REI stores, they have classes and um, a lot of them are free. Some of them you have to pay like $5 or $10 for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but they have classes about giving you some introduction to different parks. Sometimes they have people come in and uh, talking about Lake Mead, hiking at Lake Mead or Red Rock or um, Southern Utah. You know, they, they have different areas where they bring experts to talk about them. But also you should totally check out local nonprofits. Mm-hmm. Um, Friends of Nevada Wilderness actually host a nature talk they call Uh it um wild speaker series Mm -hmm. and they host them they've been hosting them at rei in boca park but it's on the first thursday of every month and they put that information on facebook they're completely free um when you go in you can meet people that have been doing this forever um and one of the other resources that is very useful in southern nevada in nevada in general is burdenhike.com was it burden hike burden hike uh-huh. that one you go in and you say i want to go hike gold butte or i want to go to red rock or valley of fire and it basically lists every single trail that you can encounter wow and it has very easy instructions and you know not all of our trails are marked mm-hmm. so it would say you see this rock shaped as a mushroom and then <laughs> you walk 10 steps or like this many feet and so and so mm-hmm. so it's very useful and it's very user friendly okay well to that point uh, to that end I actually came across a meetup group on meetup um, friends of Gold Butte and it's mm-hmm. a group of people that go out to Gold Butte and they actually put together day trips and overnight camping trips and they get sponsors and they get the food and the um, what do you call it the tents and everything you just have to get yourself to like the meeting point but I think that's like an excellent opportunity if you want to go out hiking but you don't have other people to do it with or xyz these people will take you out sometimes they pair it up with astronomers or like you know uh park rangers will take you out there and they'll really give you um the history of the park so that's a great i think that's an excellent resource oh definitely mm-hmm. and and i would say too if you're if you're uh if you're listening and you're a unlv student there's a program at unlv that actually does guided hikes and they do equipment rentals and, and that sort of thing, too. So if you, you're you already paying for it. If you're a UNLV student, you're already paying for it. And it's at the rec center at, at UNLV. Okay. Um, so it's called, I believe it's called Outdoor Adventures. Yeah. That's so, a, that's so a that's, resource. Like, that's a really – it's a great way. Um, I don't know if College of Southern Nevada has something similar or Nevada State College, but definitely if you're a UNLV student, like, check it out. You're already paying for it. It's already in your fees. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, actually, there's a lot of – I wanted to mention this because I just thought about it um, – I've met several of my friends through mm-hmm. online hiking groups. Uh-huh. Um, I met a friend of mine. Now it's, she's a really close friend of mine through a group that's called, it was actually a hashtag. I found it through the hashtags, Girls Who Hike Nevada. Girl, 
girls who hike envy and then there's also women who hike and all of these groups they're like instagram groups you know oh cool and then but they also have local chapters, chapters. which is you know just people coming together yeah. mm-hmm. so you can always find that too I mean I must I, I guess I think I'm gonna voice a, a really a popular opinion it was sleeping oh. in the tent what the fuck that was your favorite know. part <laughs> I don't know what time you slept bro <laughs> I slept nothing I really liked our walk that was like really great we saw a falcon bird eagle mm-hmm we saw a chicken. Very large, yeah. Yeah. They're the chicken of the sea, and then they're the chicken of the skies. <laughs> it was nice. We had a nice conversation. There was really great views. There was so much wood. I just, I was overwhelmed. <laughs> overcome with wood. I was overcome with wood. <laughs> I mean, if you're gonna come for wood, you better overcome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Preach. B, oh, what was your favorite that. part? I really love the sunshine. The morning when we actually, I've had a lot, a lot of fun. I loved everything. I loved last night when we um, mm-hmm. spread out the fire. Yeah, that mm-hmm. looked like freaking stars, and the actual stars <laughs> look like fire. Were also <laughs> fucking amazing. Yeah, we could see all of them. Um, I was not a fan of last night. <laughs> Thinking that was gonna be, it was like death by till your last night on Earth. Yeah, no, that was some bullshit. But other than that, it's been really beautiful. We had really good food and snacks. Like every single, I made some really nice good burgers. Everything I put in my mouth was good. (laughs) (laughs) Really good s'mores. The s'mores were Mm -hmm. delicious. Saturday s'mores and Sunday s'mores were good. Mm-hmm. Afternoon s'mores. Afternoon. Yeah, an afternoon delight. With the fancy Trader Joe's dark chocolate salted caramel. Mm-hmm. Oh my That was a freaking gosh. revelation. Yeah, that was yeah. really fucking good. It's been good. I needed this little break. Cool. Well, awesome. Well, thank you so much, B, for coming on and talking with us about your favorite thing or one of your favorite things. Pleasure. I yes. love it so much. <laughs> well, we'll definitely have you back. Yeah. Yeah. So, folks, this has been Wild and Free, a Battleborn podcast. I'm here in the studio, as always, with my co-wrangler, Allison, and, of course, our wonderful team, um, uh, Jose Sotelo, who is our producer and the composer of our theme music. Um, we also have Ashley Pacheco with research assistance and fact checking. And of course, today you heard from B, otherwise known as Berta Gutierrez, who is our creative director. And then you may have heard a little bit from Raven, the dog in the den of descent earlier as her tail was wagging wildly because she was like, I want to go outside. She was like, did they say walk? Yeah. Did they say, is this nature? Is this nature? Yeah. All right. That's what Allison used to say. Oh, never mind. You're doing the credit. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So thank you, everyone. We'll see you next time. Giddy up. Yeehaw. <laughs>